Hello, and you are listening to the 1% Christian. This is our daily Bible study where we take 1% of our day, give it to God. And what do I mean by that? We pray, we study, we reflect on God's attributes, and then what do we do? We take the remaining 99% of our day and hopefully do something amazing with what we've learned. I am your host, I guess that would be the way to say it, uh, Pastor J.D. Ambrosio of Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. And uh, we're going to get started. Uh, we're going through John chapter 2. Uh, this is a very interesting chapter. Uh, before we get started, I want to uh, invite you to, hold on, where's uh, for those on the live stream right now, there we go. I want to invite you to download the Sound of Heaven app. We've got a free digital Bible, and we've got a lot of other great resources on there uh, that I think that you'll love. So go to your Apple or Google Play Store and uh, type in Sound of Heaven. You should be able to find it there. Uh, or you can go to soh.church. Uh, that is our website. You can uh, check out uh, Sound of Heaven itself. And and uh, you know what? I want to invite you to church as well. I'm just a lot of invitations today. I want to invite you to join us. Uh, if you are uh, within 100 miles, you can drive to us. We are in Deer Park, New York. Uh, but you can also uh, jump on and, and uh, connect with us via live stream. We do that every Sunday at 1030. A.M. Eastern Standard Time. So just go to soh.church and you can check us out. All right, enough uh, enough of the plugs here. I'm excited to get started. This was, uh, I don't want to say challenging, but um, there's a lot to unpack in this next part. We are hopefully going to, I wouldn't say hopefully, we'll see what happens. We're going to try to close out John chapter 2. With the time we have, I, I'm thinking we're going to break this up into two uh, two parts here. Um, we're going to read about an event, possibly one of multiple uh, events, uh, that may look like Jesus broke character a bit. And you know what's interesting is I, I got my first uh, bit of feedback on the name uh, 1% Christian. I had a feeling that that I would. Uh, and somebody that I knew, and I really appreciated how they came to me. They they had uh, reached out, uh, and w I was talking with them, and they said, uh, "Jason, uh, you know, I see the one percent Christian, and that just sounds really strange to me." And uh, what I appreciated about them reaching out was they had said, "You know, I know you, so I I know you're not saying." that we should give God our minimal, right? And if you've listened from the beginning, if you listen to the intro, that's not it at all, right? We're giving God 1%, 14 minutes, 40 seconds at least of our day at, because 100 starts with one, right? To give God 100, you got to start with the first 1%. To give anything 100%, you got to start with that first step, and that's what we're doing here. <clears throat> but if you follow what I'm saying, I built enough trust with this person that they looked at this and they said, hey, this is a little bit out of character. I need to I need to understand more because what I know of Jay, me, uh, it, it can't be what it looks like. And I want to encourage you to take the same approach with God because we know, right, Scripture tells us that God is love and that means Jesus is love. 
And one of the fruits of the Spirit, right, the evidence of the Holy Spirit, one of the characteristics of a, of a godly person and one of the characteristics characteristics of God as well is that is gentleness. And in this account, if it were read just through, and then for me to just say, God is love, God is gentle, uh, that may sound strange. But because we know this of God, we've got to dive a little bit deeper. So if you would open to uh, John chapter 2, starting with verse 13, this is a an instance where Jesus, who just came out of a, a, a wedding and turned water into wine, um, this now Jesus is is in the temple, and uh, he's causing quite a stir. Let's let's read here. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. And he told those who sold pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. That's out of uh, Psalm 69 verse 9 it was predicted of the messiah that zeal passion for the house would consume him and we look at this and and it's interesting because sometimes we want to have we want that that gentle jesus and then sometimes we want that warrior jesus right we always want the warrior jesus when it's you know our own enemies but when we do something wrong we want the uh, we want the gentle Jesus, and if you look at this, you say, "Wow, you you know, uh, this this is uh, this is really interesting that uh, you know the Prince of Peace would come in and start flipping over tables and all this stuff." Well, I just want to j- just give a little history as to what's going on here. So, as you may or may not know, the way to worship God, the way to atone for your sins was to give a sacrifice at the temple. And what had happened was there was some in the Jewish community that that could not travel with their animals. So they would buy an animal at the temple to go ahead and sacrifice. So they would purchase it and then they would have their animal to to go ahead and sacrifice. And what some of these money changers and these people that sold sheep and pigeons and ox and and uh, they would set up and not set up outside the temple. And eventually what they did, they did was they set up on the inside of the temple in a part of the temple called the Gentiles, um, uh, part of the part of the temple for the for the Gentiles. OK, and what ended up happening was they ended up price gouging. This is, they ended up price gouging everybody there. So interestingly enough, the, the Gentiles court, right? That part of the temple uh, was as far as you could go if you weren't Jewish. So if you weren't Jewish, you couldn't see what went on, you know, further, right? There was different courts that you would be able to go, go through, well, ending at the Holy of Holies, the center of the temple itself, where only the priests could go. 
So here is the, the place where the rest of the world gets to see what God's people are doing, and it turns into a, a complete marketplace. Does this sound a little bit familiar? So what's happening is, is that, you know, the worship of God is becoming commercialized. It's becoming weakened. People are price gouging, and Jesus comes in, and Jesus is changing everything. And he does so in a way that is uh, that is disruptive. And, you know, we look at this, and <clears throat> I want to say this. This is a scripture that we as the church, a lot of times, go too far with. Now, let, let me say this. This is a scripture that we like to use to justify the things that we do on a daily basis. Because God is calling us to love each other. God is calling us to be gentle with one another. Yet, I see a meme. I want to show you something here. If you're watching the live stream, if not, I'm going to describe it to you. So I saw a meme the other day where it said, if any of you, if anyone ever asks you what Jesus would do, remind him that flipping over tables and chasing people with a whip is within the realm of possibilities. I saw another one that was pro, a kind of pro-protest. It said, destruction of property is not a valid form of protest. And then it shows Jesus. Oh, yeah? Flipping over the tables. And we just love to point to this when, it, when we are talking about people that don't believe what we believe. We love to point to the fact that Jesus flipped over the tables and, 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 and knocked over everybody's stuff. But I want to make a point here. This is a very small part of what Jesus ever did. This is maybe one or two instances because the other Gospels show you, uh, they, they give a little different account and they do it a little bit more toward the end of Jesus' ministry. So there's, there's good ample proof that that maybe he had to do this twice but this is a sliver of jesus's ministry jesus sat across tables a heck of a lot more than he flipped them over so we as the church really shouldn't point to this to justify how we interact with people on a daily basis we need to do more sitting across the table in gentleness, in love, being quick to listen and slow to speak sometimes and hearing where people are coming from. Because if just going in and flipping over tables, Jesus didn't do this everywhere he went. This is a very, very small, less than 1% of Jesus's ministry is doing this. We love the warrior Jesus when it has to do with us and the people that we don't like or the people that we don't agree with. But again, in our own life, when we struggle and we make mistakes, we want Jesus and God to be gentle. So, 
why am I getting into this? And I was right. We're, we're not. We're not even through John two, but I think this is important because the attribute that I'm pulling out today is that God is zealous. Jesus is zealous. Zealous means passion. Means showing great energy, a great enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or object. Our God is zealous. Zealous to the point sometimes where he'll come in and if we're pursuing him or other things that he he will he will disrupt. But there see in this account of Jesus in the temple flipping over tables in this account nobody was hurt. He there's no nothing saying that he hurt anyone or any person or any animals. What he did was he drove out the money changers. And I, I want to point this out too, because I, I didn't I didn't get to it the way I wanted to. Was that things were changing. Remember, we're talking a lot about covenants and how the old covenant was closing out then. And the way that you could be forgiven of your sins back then was was that you had to again bring a sacrifice to the table. You had it was a transactional almost. That's how they worshiped God. That's how they found atonement, right? Atonement is like a temporary forgiveness. But what's symbolic here as well is that Jesus is coming in. He knocks over the tables. He he drives out the the sacrifices. He tips over the money, the way things, the things that represented how people were going to get right with God. And what is very symbolic here on a couple different fronts is that God's love for us is not transactional. You can't buy it. You can't purchase God's love. God's love is free. And in the new covenant, what Jesus was bringing to light was that not only is his love for all of us, free, freely given, it's not just for one group of people. It's for everyone, which is why it's significant that all of these tables were set up in the court of the Gentiles because the world was watching. And we as the church need to do a better job of letting everyone know, not just those who sit next to us on Sunday morning, that God's love is for them too. And it is reassuring to know that God is zealous. He's passionate about taking away the barriers. Sometimes he's even disruptive, removing the things out of our life that maybe we think bridge us to him or things that we use to replace him and clearing the way for all of us to enter in to a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. And when I say he's zealous, understand he's perfect. So his zeal, his passion is a perfect passion, which means he's not overzealous, right? The term overzealous would be you have too much of the passion. And God cannot be over anything. He can't, cannot be imperfect in anything. 
The Apostle Paul told us what being overzealous meant. And he wrote in his letters, and he said, he said of this, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, he killed Christians until he had an encounter with Jesus. And he, he writes in one of his letters, he writes, uh, I was more zealous than everyone around me, excelling in Judaism, paraphrasing a bit. He boasts about that. But the cool thing about the Apostle Paul was that when he didn't have the truth or when he had partial truth, he was willing to kill people for what he believed. When he encountered Jesus and the love of God, he was willing to die for what he believed. He went from a place of being overzealous, right? And we we think God is overzealous. We think if we overstep a line, he's going to come in and he's going to crush us and he's going to hurt us and he's going to destroy us and our enemies. And that's not the way God works at all. God is the right type of zealous. He's passionate enough to remove and disrupt sometimes in our life, but for a purpose so that we could have our way back to him unimpeded without believing that we need to earn his trust every day, without thinking every day that one day we're good, the next day because we sinned, we're not good. And, and that's, that's not the heart of God. It's not the heart of God. So when we deal with other people, let's be passionate about loving them correctly. Let's be passionate about not creating barriers between them and God with the way we present God. Let's be bridge builders, amen? Let's give them a reason to walk forward closer to him. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you are zealous. We thank you that you're passionate, that you're enthusiastic about us getting closer to you. Help us to share that passion, Lord God, and, and, and let that build. Let us draw in closer to you. But when it comes to others, Father God, help us to be gentle and loving and to be tactful in how we approach them in our day-to-day lives and also how we can uh, begin to show them your light. Because we know that we are your ambassadors here. We are the vessels here whereby you show your love through us. So Father, we thank you for your zeal. We thank you for your enthusiasm. And we go into this day with great passion as well to be the light of this world in Jesus' mighty name. Well, went by a couple minutes and we only got through half that chapter. I went went over a few minutes here, but that's okay. We're going to continue with John chapter 2 tomorrow. Uh, My name is Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in uh, Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. Come down to a service or watch us online. Again, soh.church. And we will see you tomorrow. Love you guys.